You're listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, episode 16 of Double Exposure Show with myself, Petro, and Sophia. Uh, it's a lovely day, snowing like crazy here. Uh, so, Happy New Year to all who ha- are just back with us. Um, okay, hold on. Speaking about snow, yes. you know how I texted you that I was like rushing home yes. today? I got stuck in a drift. You did not, really? I did. I could right. see my house and I got stuck in a drift and I had to kick the snow out and then rock back and forth. But anyway, we're here. We, it's fine. We're getting you a big giant SUV. So you don't, you don't have a choice. I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of listening to your, <laughs> next time you call me, you're going to say I'm upside down in a ditch. Help me out. I'm literally hanging here. Yeah. So, um, well, uh, you can get, uh, the show notes to these episodes at, uh, double exposure dot show slash episodes slash 16 for this particular episode. And, uh, please join the conversation on Facebook, uh, double exposure show group, where a lot of you are actually already joined and are starting a great conversation. And so yeah. thank you for that. Lots of good questions I'm, coming in for today's episode. I know. We're getting actually a lot of feedback and a lot of actual questions now in the Facebook group, and I'm really enjoying that. So thanks, guys. I'm really enjoying that it, too. I would like I actually, to see some new voices, but I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a bit selfish because this is making me feel really good, and so I feel like I'm doing this for myself now, but <laughs> I well, think I think everyone's benefiting, too. So It's, it's a, motivational, it's so it really if you're is. enjoying it, that's good. Who cares? I'm, I'm loving this, yeah. Um, hard to believe 16 weeks. Uh, it's, it's time yeah, flies. Actually, you know. No, that one episode was on a Saturday. Right. So 15 <laughs> weeks. You had to ruin it. Um, <laughs> but what episode number was that? Uh, I think it was seven, seven or eight, six or right? seven, six or seven yeah, or eight. Awesome. So yeah, we've already doubled that. So we should celebrate mm-hmm. again. We've okay. doubly surpassed the, uh, <laughs> the, the sort of the hump. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, today we have, uh, Carla Black with us. Um, Carla is, uh, Sophia, you can take this one. <laughs> she is a wealth <laughs> advisor, uh, with IPC securities in Owen sound. She's actually my wealth advisor. Woo. Go yeah. Carla. Um, <laughs> and I like probably a lot of people are like, Oh, like, you know, financial advisors, wealth advisors, those are for rich people. Um, I like to think that I am rich, but I am not. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, according to a bank in Canada, you're richer than you think. So that's true. Hey, <laughs> you know. According to statistics in the United States, I am doing pretty darn well. Right. But um, <laughs> uh, Carla is really fantastic. If you guys have this preconceived notion that financial advisors are for wealthy people. Or that they're pushy and they're going to try to spend your money and take your money. Uh, Not the case. And Carla is a very nice person. So we actually got some questions on um, the Facebook group. We got some requests for financial-based and tax-based episode. And those questions, those requests were from Christy and Megan. So thanks for requesting this topic, ladies. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is for you. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to love this. You know that. (laughs) <laughs> I hope they love it. So, um, any, anything new and exciting you want to share with us before we get started, Sophia? 
Well, I feel like I had something written down at one point that I needed to share. Yeah. Oh, I got, I had a scam. Someone scammed me. Well, not successfully, but they tried, <laughs> darn it. So I have a membership with Wedding Wire. Um, I usually have a membership with The Knot, but I'm trying something a little bit different this year because I'm mm -hmm. trying to support Canadian companies and Wedding Wire has a Canadian branch or they are Canadian or something. I don't know. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, I get a lot of emails from there. None of them have been uh, scams, but this one came in and, you know, the typical scammy like email, like the English was not fantastic and um, it just, it was like, sort of scatterbrained all over the place, but it wasn't like the scam wasn't very clear originally. Okay. Um, so I was interacting with this person going back and forth and I was saying, okay, um, I mean, yes, I can give you coverage for that. This is how much it would be. And mm -hmm. I quoted them a huge amount of money because I was like, well, it seems like a scam to me. So I don't really want to involve <laughs> myself. Um, <laughs> if I'm going to get scammed, I'm going to get scammed for a lot. <laughs> oh, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they just came back and they said, yeah, sounds good. I am ready to make the deposit and everything. Um, yeah. There's just some things that I need in return and I am overseas. I am in a submarine or something and like, right. <laughs> like weird couldn't and like has high anxiety and the doctor has said that this person shouldn't be dealing with money and and stuff and I was like I don't understand how this scam works like do you accept credit cards they were going to pay by credit card um this obscene amount of money that I there's so many different ways that they, the scam yeah. could work because so a lot of times they yeah. overpay you right and then they expect you to give them a refund via um exactly. like a western so union money transfer yeah so what happened was they were going to give me a few thousand dollars extra, and then I was to um, send that money to someone else. And I was like, oh, I get this scam now. Yep. <laughs> um, so I um, I sent that to Wedding Wire, and that person was deleted before I sent it to Wedding Wire. Obviously, they, they tried to scam a bunch right. of other people. Um, and in addition to that, I went and reported that email to, like, the Canadian scam something or other. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I got led all over the internet on where to actually um, report those things. But um, yeah, don't, don't do that stuff, guys. Like when people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to pay you this outrageous amount of money. Um, I just need you to send me back this amount. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. And the sad reality is um, I actually know people who have fell for it and oh, no. they, they they lost thousands of dollars. Um, yeah. Uh, it, at any time, no matter what it is, if it's too good to be true, just walk away. If a person's not willing to meet with you in person and they mm -hmm. just want to deal with you digitally, if they're asking you for, if they're trying to overpay you and try, trying to get a little bit from you, um, just it's not worth it. Oh, also, if they ask you in their first email, if you accept credit cards, little bit of a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's not always, uh, it's not always a scam. Um, I did have uh, pretty much an email that just said, do you accept credit cards? And I replied back with just one word, yes, because I thought it was a scam and I wanted to see how far yeah. we'd go. And yeah. I got a phone call, I'm not even joking, about 20 seconds later that said, hey, yeah. uh, you just emailed me back. Um, I was wondering if we could meet. I have a wedding in September. <laughs> so um, turns out that uh, they really liked their air miles and they wanted to... Uh, go on vacation or rather sorry honeymoon with their air miles yeah for sure and so they're like well if we pay for the wedding with our air miles card 
Oh my goodness. So I'll let them. Why not? That's fine. You know, uh, well, you're, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> maybe I'll screenshot this email and I have all of yeah, my email through. Us. I have, well, I have all of my email through Google and Google does a fantastic job of, you know, weeding out the spam. So I don't mm-hmm. get a whole lot of these in my inbox anymore. Um, but, you know, I, it, I just notice the scams like right off the hop usually these days because they're all the same to me, which is um, they don't quite make sense. The grammar isn't great and the English mm-hmm. is not so good. So um, that, that's what I notice most often. So yeah, maybe your, I'll just I'll post that to the Facebook group awesome. for everyone to have yeah. a little giggle. <laughs> save your money, guys. Don't be, uh, don't be uh, taken advantage of by a scam artist. It, uh, yeah. it, could, it could really kind of give you a sour taste. Uh, I've so. really heard some horror stories about it. Mm-hmm. And if anyone on here has watched Teen Mom, I mean, it happened on Teen Mom that one time. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what you're talking right. about. I watched Teen Mom. <laughs> oh, watched awesome. past okay. tense, I would like to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take too much time away from our from our awesome episode. Uh, that's <laughs> but uh, uh, the scam I get something like this once a year at least. Um, yeah, it, it happened to me when I posted a car for sale. Um, all of a sudden, this person was interested, and he couldn't uh, meet me in person, but he was going to wire me the money. And somebody who was going to come pick it up uh, was going to cost him an, an extra $1,000. So he wanted me to give him the car and the $1,000 cash when this person came to pick up the car. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I think, you know, I can just leave the keys in the car running downtown somewhere and, and go home and I'll save $1,000, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I almost but like uh, when people want to scam me like this, I almost want to be like, yeah, I can do that. And then just take the money and then just let it sit there and see what happens. Um, so a lot of them actually, and, 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 um, I had somebody do that. They get really upset and really mad. And then what happens is that money in a couple of days gets reversed because the credit card is actually stolen. Yeah, I know. I, well, I almost want to have it. Like if I had put them through my contract signing process, I would have gotten a whole bunch of information on them. Right. So I would have been able to send, I don't think you would have gotten that far. Um, well, they would have if they wanted to pay by credit card. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Tave. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, to tell you the truth, now if I uh, if if I if I put something on Kijiji or, for example, uh, whatever it is, um, um, you get a text message within two minutes, and right away it's like, "Is this still available?" You know, uh, email me here. And so I resorted to sending them uh, naked pictures, um, oh and, and they just stopped replying. <laughs> they're not of me. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, they're not of me. Just in case somebody out there decides to post them. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay. And they just stop. They just stop replying right away. <laughs> so, or I'll, or I'll send them pictures of my cat or something. <laughs> Uh, but uh anyways we're we're getting off topic here yeah carla carla Um, hey carla (laughs) she's well she's not here yet okay you guys will notice that petro doesn't say a word for like the first half of this interview um and you know just enjoy it just enjoy the quiet (laughs) (laughs) i hate you so much right now (laughs) oh my goodness i'm gonna go take a nap for a bit Hey, Carla, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Good. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, about what you do, where you work, how long you've been doing it? Sure, I'd love to. 
Uh, so my name is Carla Black, and I'm a wealth advisor with IPC Securities Corporation in Owen Sound. Uh, we are located downtown Owen Sound, and I work with a large team of uh, advisors and um, client experience coordinators, we call them. We do not call them assistants because they uh, pretty much run our worlds here. So very important <laughs> team that we work with. Uh, I've been in the industry for about 10 years and I help people um, and business owners every single day figure out um, what's important to them, how to pretty much set goals and meet them, <laughs> if that makes any sense. It does make a lot of sense. <laughs> My job doesn't just have to do with making sure that you save enough money. There's a whole bunch of different parts of making sure someone's uh, financial plan is secure and in place. So mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of fun every day um, helping people get to where they want to go. But uh, it's also a very important part of okay. school. That is very funny that you say that because I, I know that you really enjoy your job and probably most of the people listening are like, really? Like, <laughs> these are all photographers, right? So um, they're probably all going, How does like, she enjoy that? you're dealing with numbers all day. How yeah. do you actually enjoy that? <laughs> you know how I enjoy it is when I get to see somebody um, retire and have enough money to do what they love or... Um, you know, buy that cottage or send that kid to school. It's it's so very rewarding, as I imagine it is for you when you deliver pictures at the end of a long haul. Um, you know, going through <laughs> things with clients. Uh, it's it's very very rewarding seeing them enjoy what you've been working towards together for so long. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. so you're like person and everything basically uh, is what you're saying. I'm pretty approachable, <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. it's um, uh, talking about finances to most people, especially couples, um, is a tough thing to do. So I love being the, the mediator, we'll call it, um, figuring <laughs> out what's important because what's important to people is very different even though they're sharing a life. Um, yeah. And business owners specifically, I would say it's, it's sometimes really hard to decipher what you should be doing from a business perspective versus personal or if it should be the same or it, it's anyway it's really really cool working with people on a daily basis and i get to do something different every day everybody thinks that it's probably really repetitive but it's not because every single person has a different situation and goal and need and we get to work on that together yeah. Which is something I understand that you would like to point out to everyone is that everyone's case will be different. So yeah, um, it, it's, it's very difficult to do something like this, because I know we have some viewer uh, questions. Um, they're going to be difficult to answer specifics, um, mm -hmm. or anything specific to the person or the business, because I don't know the business as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I can answer general questions, but um, if there's anything that sort of needs more specifics, then I highly recommend working with a professional advisor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, which is what happened with me, where you sort of harassed me at work and <laughs> <laughs> made, made me come in and talk to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's never too early to start, even if you can put 20 bucks away, it turns into 21, 22, and then all of a sudden you're sort of training yourself to, uh, I call it paying yourself first. I think you've probably heard me say it. 
Um, yep. You need to start saving, and there's no nothing to be embarrassed about if you can only save five dollars. It's five dollars more than the next person is saving. So exactly, you got to yeah, start actually, somewhere. Yeah, I'm pretty glad that you you made me come in and <laughs> go over that stuff because I honestly it wasn't anything that I was thinking about saving. Or, sure. I mean, taxes, but you think about taxes at the end of the year when you have to pay them, right? Of course. Um, yeah. So it at least made me think about it. And then I've saved a bit, right? So Absolutely. Um, at some point job. down the road, yeah, at some point down the road, I'm going to think, man, I did pretty well. Good for me. Good thing I have this money. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's People think um, uh, saving is you know scary and how am I going to do it and I think we're going to talk a little bit about how photographers have sort of a cyclical business in some mm -hmm. um, some respects I mean some people may not have income that kind of shuts off throughout the year but I think yeah. from what you've told me it can be pretty cyclical so mm -hmm. you know do you don't beat yourself up if you have to take a break on on saving but also try and pay yourself back from the break that yeah. you did take when the money does start coming in so yeah for sure yeah, it's all, it's not scary. You just have to find somebody that you're comfortable talking to and that knows what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, which can be a little bit difficult, I understand, for people, especially when you own your own business. You don't necessarily okay. want people knowing, you know, yeah, behind the people, scenes what's going on. And Absolutely. Some people think that you should go out of town because you don't want somebody that's in your area to know about yeah. your assets or, you know, about your income, things like that. Um, I will say that, we run on 150% confidentiality. Um, mm -hmm. So if I run into you in the street and somebody says, oh, how do you know Sophia? I will never say Sophia is a client. Mm -hmm. It would always have to come from you first. I would say, oh, we used to work together or whatever. It doesn't, yeah. It's never going to be that you're a client because it's just no one's business. Um, and what happens within our four walls stays within our four walls. Yeah, for sure. Your beautiful new four walls in your yes, new office. which we're so proud of. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, we've moved into the uh, old LCBO, which is on 2nd Avenue East in Owen Sound. It seems to be a landmark that everybody in Owen Sound seems yep. to uh, find <laughs> relatively easily. We're across from the boot and blade. That's also one that we say. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're, uh, we're very happy in our new home and encourage anybody that wants to come and check it out to come for a tour. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, let's dive into these thrilling money-related questions. And I don't, <laughs> I don't want to hear any complaints from anyone that this was a boring episode because, first of all, it will not be because Carla is incredibly entertaining, and second of all, you need to know all of this information. So just buck up and listen to it and make notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so one of the first questions that always comes up, um, if people even know what these acronyms are, is should I have an RRSP or should I have a TFSA or should I have both? Like, what are they? Um, what purposes do they serve? And I know you know all the details, so I'm just going to let you go ahead. <laughs> okay. I'm also long-winded, so cut me off if it's too much detail. No. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, first and foremost, there's so many acronyms in this industry that we really do need to slow down and say an RRSP is a registered retirement savings plan. Uh, Tax-free savings account is, a, is referred to as a TFSA. Um, uh, in my opinion, a tax-free savings account should be called a tax-free investment account because you should not use it as a in-and-out account. It shouldn't be like your checking account. 
it should sort of be a set it and forget it. But that's not how a lot of people use it, which is neither here nor there. But anyway, that's what they stand for. So um, an RSP is some, it's a, it's a, a vehicle for people to save in. Um, there are limits. So it's a, um, the limits are 18% of your earned income from last year or up to a maximum of 26 grand. Um, and that's all stuff that working with a planner really helps with because you don't want to over-contribute to something like that because there are penalties. Um, uh-huh. But working, exactly, a lot of people don't know that. Um, but we will. We would work together and figure, I work with my clients and we figure out making sure that they're not over-contributing because uh, there are lots of people that do contribute the maximum to their RSP every single year. It's very important to them. Okay. Um, I do want to point out that earned income is salary, wages, any alimony received, mm. uh, rental income, um, but it does not include your investment income. So if you if you put 100 bucks into an account and it's $105 at the end of the month, that investment income, that growth does not count. Um, so I don't know, it's important to me to know that, so I thought I would share it. <laughs> um, there are certainly timelines for getting money into your RSP and it, it, you have to do it in the, in the year. Um, so for last year, people can still contribute to 2016, uh, for the first 60 days of this year. So again, um, maybe not something that's going to be top of mind for every you know, Joe on the street, but it's very important to me because I know my people that have to have their contributions in and I give them a shout and say, hey, let's get this done. So mm-hmm. um, the main difference between an RSP and a tax-free savings account that, that's going to interest most people is that a RSP has um, contribute, or sorry, um, it's a, there's a taxable benefit to the client. So if you put money in, you're going to get a tax deduction. Mm -hmm. Um, And with a tax-free savings account, there is no tax benefit. It's just tax, grows tax-free, which is great, but you don't get uh, any money back up front for contributions. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Tax-free savings accounts are, there also are limits. So for 2017, if you came across 52 grand right now, Sophia. Yes. Yes. I'm listening. You could throw $52,000 in. That's the limit for every Canadian as of January 1st, 2017. Okay. Yeah. They're really, really interesting accounts. You can take money out. Uh, There's no tax consequence. It's kind of like taking it out of your bank account. Um, okay. But in the, in the meantime, it's been invested and growing for you. And a lot of people use them as an emergency fund or um, for, you know, a, a trip fund because they know that they're going to want to take a trip in a couple of years and they'll just pound money in there and let it grow. And then they know that they can take it out without tax consequence. Whereas mm-hmm. if you took it out of your RSP, um, then it's considered income. So if you take five grand out of your RSP, okay. it's considered income. No good, because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pay tax on it. That's yeah, not yeah. fair, huh? No. <laughs> um, one really interesting thing about uh, registered retirement savings plans is there are ways to borrow it against them um, without tax consequence, and the two ways are if you're a first time home buyer. So if you've okay. never owned a home before, you can take up to twenty five thousand dollars out of your RSP. 
And then um, it's not taxed, but you have to pay it back within 15 years. And there's a couple of rules with it, like when you have to start paying it back. Um, But it's a tax-free loan, essentially, which is kind of nice. Um, and if you go decide to go back to school, there's what's called a lifelong learning plan, and you can borrow okay. against that uh, account as well. They're they're both very beneficial. So if somebody, I know yeah. the next question is going to be which one's better for me, um, mm-hmm. and it really does depend on how much income you're bringing in. Like somebody that doesn't have any income, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense for them to be saving into an RSP necessarily, uh, yeah. because you want to be saving in there so that you can get the tax deduction up front because they're going to tax you on the way back out when you're 71. Okay. Uh, so you want to get that that tax deduction. And if you don't have any wage, then there's nothing to write it off against. Yeah. Um, whereas if you don't have any income, um, then tax or savings accounts would where you want be where you want to sort of plunk some money in for a little while. And then yeah. you can always move it later. That's really yeah. really a good thing. So what income bracket would you be in to make an RSP sort of worth it? Oh, well, you know what? As as soon as you start earning income over $11,000, it's like Mm -hmm. 11-something, then you move into a tax bracket where you can start saving a little bit of money. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, perfect. I'll send you the info. (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> so I guess that brings us to our next question, which is how much should I be saving every month? Yeah, and everybody's going to hate my answer to this. Which uh, is, I don't know. Well, it's, it, it really, really depends. Um, yeah. It depends on what your personal goals are, what your what your business goals are. And what I do is I sit down with clients and not necessarily right at the beginning, because at the beginning, you're just kind of sort of trying to get your feet on the ground and save a hundred bucks a month or whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we really do dig into the planning, um, I sit down with you, or I will sit down with you, and we'll say, okay, when I retire at 55, I need $60,000 in net income, which means okay. after you've paid your taxes, you want 60 grand to spend every single every single year. And so then I work backwards and we figure out what that means to your savings goals today and in the future. Yeah. So it's really a blanket statement and I do apologize, but that's Mm -hmm. why you need a planner. Um, could you break down what that might look like for someone? Because I know listening, probably some of our listeners are like 60 grand a year. So how much do you have to actually save to have 60 grand a year when you're... 65 or 70 or whenever like we probably won't won't retire until we're like 80 right but still yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully not <laughs> hopefully you have a plan we're photographers plan. we have longevity again i'm i'm not going to commit to a number because it it depends on lifestyle so if i know yeah. you're going to be taking a ten thousand dollar trip every year then we have to um we have to inflate what you're what you're saving, and you never know. You might have somebody that has a pension in the relationship, which completely throws everything off. So, yeah, I, I know it's a crummy answer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, it's my bait to get people to come see me. <laughs> let's make let's make them feel like it's not as impossible as it sounds. Oh, it's not <laughs> at all. I mean, some people, I we have 
clients that are are have million a million dollars in their account that started saving twenty dollars a month. There you go. Perfect. That's what yeah. they want to hear. <laughs> you just you have to start somewhere and you have to commit to yourself that you're yeah. going to do this and you're going to have blips where you take a break and you're going to have blips where you call me and you say, I need money. Um, yep. And we work through it and it sets us back in the plan, but then we continue to plan and we look yeah. at everything every single year with our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's never any surprises. That's what people say. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to have enough? How will yeah. I know that I'll have enough to retire when I want to? And what does that even look like? Cause some people don't know how much they'll need. So then it means working on a budget and figuring out how much, you know, you spend to make the world go round. Um, And if you look at that every year, because everybody's life changes so significantly Mm -hmm. month to month sometimes. um, If we look at that annually, which we do, it's a a full commitment to our clients. um, There's never going to be a surprise because you and I are always going to be on the same page with what the goals are for that year. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, I assume people can change um, their mind at any time about sort of the lifestyle that they want to live when they're retired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be the same person when you're 25 as when you're 40. And you have no idea what that's going to look like. So, so many things can change as far as, you know, you may travel once, have a terrible experience and never travel again. Or you may travel once, get the bug and say, Carla, I need to do this every single year. So it, yeah. it's that's the beauty of having the relationships that we do with our clients. Mm-hmm. We get to live kind of vicariously through them and see them doing all these amazing things because they've sat down early and made a plan. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so what about forced savings? Yeah, it sounds Which horrible, doesn't it? Yeah, it does not sound <laughs> like I, I would like to buy my tea at the frog pond. Thank you. Yeah. It's not <laughs> as scary as it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> it, forced savings is basically, and I, I don't actually know if somebody asked this question or if it was, um, anyway, it doesn't matter, but <laughs> I, I, cause I, I sort of want to know where it originated from, but I think I know what they're talking about. So it actually came from one of my friends. I asked, um, actually Kevin, you've met Kevin. Um, okay. Uh, what what are some important things that that our listeners probably need to hear about with regard to finances? So he said forced savings. They need to know about forced savings, which oh. of course I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I, I'll put it I, on the list. <laughs> I think he means um, sort of a set it and forget it strategy. So some people, okay. you you know, you get busy as a business owner and you may not remember to call and say, hey, Carla, I've got a bit of extra money lying around. I'm going to throw it in. So um, what we call it a, a pack, a pre-authorized contribution. And if, um, if it's comfortable for you, I highly recommend these because what it does is it says, okay, I'm going to commit to saving you know, $50 a month or, or $500 a month, whatever is in the budget. And it uh-huh. automatically comes out of your bank account at the same time every month. So it's forced. It's happening you don't mm-hmm. really even have to think about it. It's kind of like your hydro bill. It just happens. You don't love it, but you know you're doing a good thing because your lights are going to stay on and you're going to retire someday. Yeah. So I think that's what he means. I highly recommend having a plan like that. Um, but it doesn't work for everybody, right? Because some people yeah. 
won't have that lying around in the bank account because um, it's a, you know, a down month. The next question would be, what are some mistakes that you see small business owners make? And I assume that the big one would be, oh, well, not saving at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote beside that one, not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, so I think probably a couple of the biggest are, of course, not saving at all. Um, so not paying yourself first is what you're you know, doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we're going to get into a bit later, but um, not saving for your taxes properly, um, which yes. a lot of people, I think taxes just sort of creep up on them when the yep. new year rolls around and they say, oh, no, I, I'm going to have this big tax bill. Um, you know, where can I come up with the money? So yep. it's really important to have a strategy around that. But yes, our small business owners that we've encountered um, – sometimes think that they don't have enough to save and it's just not possible. And like I said before, if you can save $10 versus, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be a hundred dollars a month. It's Mm going to get you closer and closer to doing more and more and more. You just have to sort of develop a habit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into that then, the saving for taxes or paying for taxes. What do you think are the best ways for business owners to pay their taxes? Because this is a question that popped up um, yeah. in our Facebook group. Um, and yeah, it's true. It does sort of creep up on you every <laughs> Which is year. funny because <laughs> it's not just business owners. It's everybody. Everybody, oh, no, it's yeah. tax season. Do I have all my receipts? Well, you knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah. Okay, first of all, and this is a reoccurring theme in this podcast, just so you know. So everyone should know by now that they should have Wave on their phone and they should be scanning all of their receipts. Mm. Um, so they should have yeah. all of their expenses and all of that fun stuff in, in there. So that should be handled in theory yeah, <laughs> at this point, I hope. You don't have to keep right? I think yeah. you taught me that years and years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you are you still looking at Wave? Are you <laughs> have do, you found a way to use it for yourself? Yep. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, we, we have it. Um, uh, my business is a little bit different. I'm not a yeah. you know sole proprietorship or anything like that. But yeah. Um, yeah. I do. I use it on the road sometimes because I do have to. Oh, that's awesome. Overseas. Very cool. <laughs> I'm not very good at it either, guys. <laughs> and I <laughs> preach it every day. So. So the only thing uh, for me. Uh, that is a bit of a an issue with the uh, with the invoice app is when lately I have majority of my invoices uh, just emailed to me digitally. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so uh, that's where I become a little lazy yeah. of inputting it. Um, and so quite often there's two vendors I deal with uh, quite a bit where at the end of the year I'm just telling them, you know, can you email me all the invoices from the from 2016, for example. And uh, then I have to kind of go through them and enter them manually, um, which I wish I would just do it every time. But it's just so inconvenient because you, I don't, I don't get it um, right away. So, hmm. for example, one of my frame suppliers, um, they, I could, I could go by, pick up the frames, but the invoice will come in two, three hours later via email. I could be in the middle of nowhere. I could be with a client. And so it kind of, it kind of, it kind of gets forgotten, and I put it, you know, I put it away, and so I almost wish Wave had a a feature where I could just 
you know, to click on the email and say add to wave or something, you know, but that is an interesting idea. So, so the way that I handle it is I make a folder for all of my uh, receipts and everything from online interactions and I drop all of the invoices, receipts, all of those in that folder. And then at the end of the month, one of my month end tasks is to upload all of those to wave. Mm. And then it does the same thing. It, it scans it, it pulls out, um, who it's from, what it's for, um, the subtotal, the total of the bill, and all that fun stuff. Um, so that's how I handle so that. Yeah, yeah, well, those ones, just because um, I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> well, at least you do it. I don't have the discipline to even sit and do it. I, I have to be honest with you. I, yeah. I don't have a time set aside um, to actually do any of this. And I think, like, I don't know if you guys touched on this or not, but would it be a good idea to, you know, set aside a time and, uh, and a day uh, to do some sort of clerical work, um, catch-up work, financial work, Absolutely. payroll, whatever? You should um, always give yourself desk time, I call it. <laughs> no one right, wants to time. do it because it's not, it's not <laughs> revenue generating, right? Well, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, but we <laughs> all want to be out there with our clients doing what we love. But you, yeah. you absolutely need time to even file emails and make sure your contacts are up to date so that you're not on the road trying to find somebody and you, you, you didn't update that right. email that somebody yeah. sent you. So how do you recommend that people, you know, save money for their taxes? Like, do you have people who put uh, tax money in a TFSA and then pull it out? Or how are you doing that? How do you recommend that your clients do that? Yeah, so it's it's going to be another answer where it depends on your style, your individual yep. <laughs> style. So if you're great at saving and it's going to be no problem for you to, um, you know, take take a look at what your taxes are estimated at and save that monthly, um, mm -hmm. then then we don't have a problem because we can say, okay, let's put five hundred bucks a month away into exactly your tax free savings account. Let it do its thing, but we know that that money is going to be there for you to have access to uh, when the time comes, and it's tax-free. Yeah. Um, if you are going to be in a pinch at tax time and you haven't saved a penny, then you need to go back to that horrible uh, topic that Kevin brought up of mm -hmm. forced savings, which is yeah. you, I have to you know, set something that's going to rip money out of your bank account on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, and you're not going to yeah. like it, but you're yeah. really going to like it when it comes time to pay that bill. Yeah. So sure. again, just having some guidance on it and working depending on your style. Yeah. yeah. Um, I make a point of setting aside um, the money that I'm bringing in in taxes, and I try to look at it like it's not actually my money, like that's tax money. So right. I'm getting paid from by the invoice from the subtotal and I am taking the 13% tax on top of that and I'm putting that aside for taxes. Good for that seems to turn out pretty well for me so far. Yeah. <laughs> and you, that's what you should do, but other yeah. people, they, they're just not that disciplined. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when we talked to Rob from Wave about this one as well, he said you need to have a business account and a personal account. So take wow. that money and put it in some other account That's somewhere, right. it, which you should not be touching. Yeah. Some <laughs> people just have a saving account that they have set up at the yeah. bank and they just, exactly what you said, they don't touch it. Yeah. 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 Now, if your net Actually, taxes climb and you owe, uh, I think it's over 3000 
um, in taxes, which I, I don't know if that would affect anybody on this call, um, then you have to start paying in uh, installments. So you, you're yeah. given no choice but to pay. <laughs> yeah, which frankly, I, I think would be more comforting to me to do it regularly. To tell you the truth, uh, it, it was the best thing that ever happened to me is to go yeah. on installment because um, it which seemed like a bit of a shady move on the government's part. <laughs> um, it's like, why are you taking my money now? Right. Uh, it just it happened to be a blessing in disguise. So yeah. um, I'm actually happy I'm on installments right now because can you, it, can you it, voluntarily do installments? That's what I was going to ask, but I, I believe you can. You is you're essentially just paying your account. Yeah, so you, you can voluntarily do it, but why let them have your money before they? Exactly. So that that's that was the the sort of shady part, and I mean I know it's not shady. I I mean just felt that way. Yeah. I thought, oh, you're taking my money on. now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I centered out. I was like, who do you think you are? Am I, I'm the only one that's getting this done. Yeah. Um, and uh, the reality is that I don't feel um, a big a big hurt at the end of the year, which is excellent. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think if you feel. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, especially um, this year, I haven't bought really anything except for supplies. Uh, whereas in the past, I've spent anywhere from ten to thirty thousand dollars on equipment alone. Mm -hmm. um, and now that uh, you know, the I don't even spend money on a Photoshop license uh, because, uh, as an educator, I get it uh, subsidized through the college, and so I suspended my own. Uh, uh, Creative Cloud, uh, so my expenses uh, disappeared quite a bit, and um, my my tax bill was sort of climbing a little bit as a result. Mm -hmm. And uh, to tell you the truth, at the end of the year uh, or at tax time, if I had to, you know, cut a check for the taxes owing, uh, I would probably be in more pain than just having to remit uh, quarterly yeah. to uh, Revenue Canada or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I really like my bookkeeper because um, I go in with an idea in mind of how much I'm going to owe. And then she comes back to me and it's sub substantially lower. And I'm like, I don't know what you did. But thank but, you. <laughs> yeah. She, well, she's held on to um, all of my like school stuff. Um, yep. And she like holds on to it for as long as it can be held on to and shuffles things around so that I'm not paying as much as I don't <laughs> want to pay. And, well, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I really... Yeah, another tip: people need a good bookkeeper exactly. or accountant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, as a professional, you need to surround yourself with professional people. You can't yeah, be that sure. you're not an expert in everything, and neither are we. But we're all mm -hmm. an expert in our own our own little world. So yeah, yeah you need to work with yeah. a good bookkeeper and accountant. And well, and I've heard from a lot of people. You know, I don't want to spend money on an accountant every year. Like I'm just going to do it myself using one of these little apps and I'm saving so much money because I'm not spending any money on a bookkeeper or accountant. But you know, at, right now I'm spending like 500 bucks once a year to have yeah. all of my tax all stuff done. She's helping yeah. you uncover. To totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Exactly. <laughs> what all it right. comes down to is the mentality. And I just, I just want to kind of add this uh, because hopefully our listeners will, um, start to kind of think about this a little bit and I what I've noticed is being in business for as long as I've been and being an educator and teaching and molding young minds who are going into this field 
Um, there's a mentality of uh, wanting to do everything yourself um, because the because the person who you who's sort of your mentor is doing that as well. And for some reason, the photography field is one of the worst fields mm -hmm. for this, where you just want to do everything yourself. You want to, um, well, we already kind of take on too much because, you know, if, if you think about 20 years ago when a photographer photographed with film, you would go to a wedding, you would shoot this wedding on a Saturday, you would then put all your film into a Ziploc bag or whatever and, you know, Go take go have a day off on Sunday, and then Monday morning you would take that film into a lab and drop it off, and come back a week later pick up the pick up the prints and you know show them to the bride and groom, and then when they pick them out you bring it back to the lab and they print it for you. But when we stepped into the digital age, I think because the doors were opened up to so many individuals who weren't professionals, uh, they want they just wanted to do it all themselves. And now as a photographer, we uh, photograph the the images. We sort the images. We process the images. We we just literally do everything ourselves. And now that mentality is is sort of creeping into the bookkeeping side. Mm -hmm. It's creeping into the accounting side. And we think we have to do it ourselves. And it's mm -hmm. it's almost like it's not an option. Um, and I want to kind of take this opportunity and say, you know, your your best thing is to start outsourcing uh, the work that you either don't want to do, haven't learned to do, aren't good enough to do, um, to somebody who is doing this as a as professional. Because one of the biggest complaints that photographers say is that, you know, oh, this art director just photographed these images himself. Why don't they hire professional photographers? Yet <laughs> we're the ones who are always not hiring professionals to do their job. You know, this is true for even simple things like websites, with the exception of Sophia, who's yeah. just super talented with websites. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so kind of a kind of a wake up call more than anything. You know, just like uh, yeah, sure. get get uh, get your act together and uh, um, <laughs> that the little bit. You know, even if you break it down, you know, five hundred dollars over a year. That's forty dollars a month. Um, if you're taking two to three hours every month to put things together or even more, consider the fact that for, for that 40 hours, you could either be doing something else, working on something else, making even more money, hopefully. Yeah, what's your or, time? Or, or yeah, yeah, I mean... More than 40 bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and I know it's hard for people starting out, but um, I think sometimes a bookkeeper can even help or, or an accountant can even help get you uh, a little bit on track in terms of uh, your working schedule and you know what you should be doing and how you should be doing and uh, it could be it could be very satisfying to to walk away and say and think you know what I know I just spent five hundred thousand dollars whatever total uh, <laughs> bill would be for for the for the year but I'm now making more money as a result and mm -hmm. and I'm saving more money as well so Kind of a rant a little bit, but <laughs> well, I, actually, <laughs> I actually, yeah, I have a few questions here from our listeners um, that I wanted uh -oh. to get into. And I, I, I know that your answers are going to be like, well, it depends on the person, but let's, <laughs> I know, let's try. I apologize. Yeah, let's try a little bit. Um, so Christy asks, how do I determine how much I need to save each month so that I have enough in retirement? 
and how do government payments work in retirement? I'm contributing to CPP. Will what I get be based on what I've contributed? Good questions. <laughs> uh, so how, how do I determine how much to save? Yeah. Um, again, is going to be based on what lifestyle Christy wants in retirement. So mm -hmm. um, it, it, there, there's, there's ways, there's formulas out there that say you should save, you know, 5% or, uh, you know, of your income on a monthly basis or, or, sorry, annual basis or whatever that looks like. But again, it, there is no straight answer for that. It, you just have to work with somebody to make your plan. But yeah. the CPP, which for everybody's benefit is uh, the Canada Pension Plan, um, is something that most of you uh, will be paying into. Um, you have to have a minimum income of $3,500. So I imagine that's everybody on here. Um, <laughs> and the way that it works for um, uh, small business owners or, or self-employed uh, people is uh, it's 9.9% .9 of income. So typically it would be split in half and the employer would pay half and the employee would pay the other. Uh, but because we're all self-employed, um, that contribution is 100% from you. <laughs> so yeah, she's her question, uh, she, she said, is what I get in retirement based on what I've contributed? Um, and the answer is yes. Uh, and that's why typically you'll see um, in the past that um, if there's a couple, a lady um, or whoever stayed home with the children uh, would receive potentially a little bit less uh, in payment because they've taken a couple of years off from having an earned income. Um, same thing goes for if there was a, a, a leave of absence for any reason. So it's based on working years when you contributed, how long you contributed, so you can contribute mm -hmm. from age 18 to age 70. Um, so yeah, Christy, it's going to depend on how long and how much you contributed uh, to the plan. And yeah. what happens yeah. is you apply, um, you can take your CPP as early as age 60 uh, and as late as age 70, um, and you apply, uh, it takes about six months, and then the government will send you a letter that says, Here's how much you're going to get on a monthly basis, and then you can use that for budgeting purposes. <laughs> oh, awesome. Now, do yeah. you generally recommend that people save in addition to that? Absolutely. I pre you yep. have to pretend you're not even <laughs> contributing to CPP. <laughs> Perfect. It's not, it's not a real thing because it, it, although it's on paper, uh, we have no idea what's going to happen with CPP when we all come to a retirement age. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of seniors draining that account right now. Um, so we're all paying in and we just have to see what happens. So no, it should, yeah. it should not be your retirement plan. So yeah, so don't think of it as guaranteed No, yeah. money. And, well, I, hope, I wish I could tell you it's guaranteed, but I'll never yeah. <laughs> anything's guaranteed. I think it's called a GCPP you don't want to at that time. Sorry, Petra? I say it's not called a GCPP. It's a guaranteed And you don't want to have to just live off of government pensions because mm -hmm. yeah. they're, you know, they're great. Um, they're a great little boost, but you have to make your plan on your own. Yeah, for sure. After okay. um, uh, some, some people may not know this, but I actually emigrated into Canada from Ukraine about 24 years ago. And... Um, 
when we came here, uh, the, the things I was hearing always is, you know, you want to get a job, you want to go into a computer field, because computers, 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 mm -hmm. that's, that's what you should college be, um, or, you know, university, go into computers, and then get a job with benefits, and this and that. And um, I, I could not, uh, for the life of me, wrap my head around it. I, I don't want to work for anybody. I can't work for anybody. I'm a terrible employee. Um, but uh, that's something that kind of did stick in the back of my mind and something that I was always thinking, well, what am I going to do for retirement? I want to be self-employed. I want to work for myself. And um, early on, and I mean, if, if a lot of our listeners are in, you know, still young, just kind of uh, in their 20s or whatever, Early on, I decided to um, invest in real estate, and you are paying a lot of money in terms of mortgage and uh, fixing things up. But for me, my goal is um, this: this property uh, I ended up moving out of, moving out from, and now using as a rental. And so I still have a big mortgage on it and everything, and it's a, it's a very small income that I actually make from the rentals, etc. After expenses are paid. But my goal uh, is in 20 years when the mortgage is paid, um, I will either have clear income or I can even sell it. So right now somebody else is sort of putting money away and um, the, the feedback I get from uh, a lot of my friends and colleagues who are aware of this is they're saying, well, it's not worth it, you know. You're only making a couple hundred dollars every month, uh, and what if what if a fridge breaks? What if this and you have to replace it? What what then? But I see it as, as slightly different. I see it as somebody else kind of contributing to my pension plan in the future. Mm -hmm. So here's here's my question for you: If you know this, <laughs> um, what? Um, and I, and I get I guess it's kind of a broad question, but what are some other perhaps? Um, channels of revenue like that, like real estate, that some people are doing out there that are not very difficult to get into. You know, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to suggest the stock market because it's very volatile. Um, but are, are there any other channels of uh, savings for the retirement besides a CPP and RRSP that you, you see people do sort of in, in the self-employed uh, industry. Hmm, it's a good question. I don't see, <laughs> I, I don't see any um, very much outside of those boxes that you've already mentioned. So, uh -huh. being invested in real estate or just you know creating their own pension plan, essentially, which is uh -huh. saving their butts off <laughs> for a, a large number of years. Um, yeah, since we're talking only self-employed, it it's, uh, it really does fall into those boxes. Um, you mentioned that the stock market is volatile. Um, it can be, but mm -hmm. with the right uh, with the right investment, um, there's some pretty pretty good uh, ways to place your money where there's sort of safe bets. Yeah, exactly. Like I have a short shelf. I was going to say, do we want to talk about um, my accounts, for example? <laughs> Does that help? Like when we sat down originally, we went through and we created my profile. So what kind of saver am I? Am I yeah, um, so aggressive or am I conservative or whatever? Yeah. Yes. yeah. And then you recommended what I should be investing in. Right. Um, yeah. So 
it's so um, it it really really depends on what you're looking for. So when we when Sophie and I sat down for the first time, she well she had no idea what she was looking for, which is ninety eight percent of the population. Um, <laughs> so what we did was we figured out okay she's a balanced investor, which means that. Um, she's going to have about 60 cents on every dollar that she invests uh, in the market and about 40 cents on every dollar that she invests is going to be out of the market. So out of those fluctuations in sort of a more fixed income, um, it's not blowing anything out of the water as far as creating um, huge uh, growth for her, but it was protected from what Petro was just talking about, which is sort of the ups and downs and the volatility of the market. So every time Sophia invests $1, 60 cents goes into the market, 40 cents stays out. And what we did was we devised a plan to, um, and we, we, we didn't put anything into anything that's 100% equity. So we didn't go out and buy uh, any Bell Canada shares or any Canadian bank stocks. But I will tell you that if, you, you know, if you're going to go buy um, a stock, an individual stock, which you can't do with every advisor, by the way. Um, you have to have a an IROC licensed advisor, which I am. Um, you you would be signing up for the fluctuations, like Petro was saying, but also there's there's some safe bets in there where uh, you know they pay a dividend or something yes. like that. So if the stock never increases, if you buy it for seventy five bucks and it never increases or decreases, um, which most people would say, well. Okay, that that's no good. I didn't make any money. Well, it's not true because throughout holding that stock, you're being paid, you know, a four percent dividend along the way. So you're getting to share yeah. in their profit, which is um, amazing. It's a really really well, cool. Any thing. of my current investments uh, are in dividend stocks, so stocks that yeah, are paying dividend. dividend. Paying. Yeah, exactly. So although Sophia and doesn't hold those directly, she is. Um, part of a pool Benefit. that holds them. So she does get to take yeah. advantage of that growth, which is really, really yeah, important. Yeah, and that's fantastic, yeah. actually. Because you do indirectly benefit from the growth from the uh, dividend. Yeah, but you don't um, have the risk of holding yeah. it um, directly as a 100% equity, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, my, my, my wife working for Apple uh, had the opportunity to invest in the Apple stocks uh, starting about four years ago. Yep. And that was before the split. And uh, when it did a seven-way split, um, it split in, a, I think, into the $70 range per unit. And then it climbed. It's currently at 117 mm-hmm. um, Well, um, we, we purchased some of them, um, you know, just in a $300 before the split range. And so even though this, this, this stock wasn't really paying a high dividend, it had a high potential growth. But um, we took it up because there was certain perks to take it. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I have a pra- uh, for, for those people who don't know, most banks will actually give you a practice portfolio. So if you wanted to try your hand at uh, doing some uh, investing, you can actually practice. I know with RBC, um, I have like a practice investment portfolio. And so I have to admit, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd rather you practice it on your own than hire a professional. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. This is why, this is kind of where, where the question came from because uh, I do have my money in certain things that are safe bets and like I'm enjoying a 3 to 4% uh, return on, I mean, it's not a big amount by, by any means. It's not even really significant. Um, 
and like we did we did very well with uh, with the perks offered by an employer you know with a company purchase uh, company stock options or mm -hmm. whatever uh, we did very well with that but when I tried to do it on my own, I just kind of miserably failed because even even reading some of the articles and some projections, you you know you don't have a crystal ball, and hence my previous comment about volatility. But you know, having somebody with an uh, what you said you said IROC, um, how do you find out if a financial advisor has this? Is there like a website you can look at, look at, or do you just simply ask your financial advisor? Um, yeah, you, you would just ask. But typically, if you're working with somebody already, you would know if they hold a right. mutual fund license or a securities license. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, most of the time, um, it will they will be called an investment advisor or a wealth advisor instead of mm -hmm. a financial advisor. Okay, that That's makes a, sense. kind of a quick way to know. Okay. So I have um, two more questions from listeners here, and I think one is sort of loosely related to what we just discussed, and that is um, Kevin asked, should I be saving for big purchases like a home or car, or should I get a loan, and how do I save for these purchases? <laughs> yeah, so debt is cheap right now, right? That's what. I, that's probably where he's going with that. Should I just get a loan that's inexpensive and... Um, use that. Uh, it, it, if you're a good, if, if debt doesn't bug you, um, mm -hmm. not necessarily a, a, a bad thing. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't recommend having a lot of debt on file. So if, if Kevin's in a position where he can be saving, um, it doesn't have to, it depends on what he's buying. Of course, if it's a, yeah. if it's a home, um, I highly, highly recommend working with a mortgage broker. Um, they, just like myself, uh, I work where I'm not married to any one company. So I'll pick on, you know, a, a bank for a second. Um, if you go to the bank, they offer you their bank product. So RBC is going to offer you their RBC mortgage line and whatever's available is available. Um, whereas if you go to a broker, they're going to go out and shop the market for you, which you know, I'm not um, a licensed mortgage broker. I don't know who has the best rate or, or what's better if you pay a little bit more, if there's something that's a little bit better with the offering. Um, so I highly recommend that they work, if you're going to have a big purchase like a home, you work with a mortgage broker, and then they can help guide you through the, the financial part of it, um, whether, you know, how how the, it works with the borrowing and how much you should have saved and and. Sometimes they can even help getting a better line of credit on the house, that kind of thing. Um, we don't deal in any of the banking end of the business, um, so loans or personal loans, things like that. We don't we don't dive in, but I I do highly recommend working with a mortgage broker for sure. Okay. And then people always ask me, should I lease my car or buy it, <laughs> or do I you know buy it for cash or or pay monthly? Um, I'm gonna leave that one alone. I think. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot you know, it's, of it's so, it's so yeah and it's so funny because uh, I'm actually involved with uh, with Ford Canada and um, I, I have to do some work out of a Ford dealership and so I'm actually involved in the car industry a lot deeper than most people realize and I just spoke with um, with uh, a colleague uh, from Toronto who hasn't owned a car in 25 years and uh, he's uh, he's a uh, 
self-employed, so not although not a photographer, uh, he's uh, self-employed and he's uh, asking me a question of uh, what should I lease or should I buy a car, and it comes down to um, the kind of person you are because see, Petro I'm, gets I'm really, answers like I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is this is what the interesting thing about leasing is. Uh, when you when you lease a car, you can write it off 100%. It's 100% of the lease can be written off up to $800. So if you are making a significant amount of money and you're looking for an expense, you can go out and lease the most luxurious Lincoln SUV you want up to $800. So that payment can be written off. Bob's your uncle. You can call it a day. When you finance a vehicle or um, yeah, I'll just talk about financing. It's not so cut and dry. You actually have to keep track of your mileage, of your expenses, of the fuel you put in. And at the end of the, the quarter or the end of the year, you actually have to kind of do the math on which the amount of money that you can actually put against this vehicle. And anytime this, this amount is even close to 90%, um, you, you're automatically red flagged. I mean, it doesn't matter what anybody says. You're going to get audited, and they're going to look into this. Yeah, because um, they don't believe that you only use that car for ten percent personal. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> because, and that's that's the funny thing with a lease. You're allowed to write off the entire amount, and you can use it for personal, really, if you wanted to. It, I mean, nobody's really kind of looking at it, and so it really depends on the kind of person you are for there. And I just wanted to add one more thing about. Um, buying a home or you know going and saving or going in debt um, from my my point of view um, unless you're sitting on a quarter million dollars uh, liquid cash and you can pay for your home or, or whatever at some point you're going to have to pay to live somewhere whether you're paying rent whether you're paying mortgage or whether you're pay, putting that amount of money away so as, as markets grow and things increase in price, I think you're better off just diving in, finding a place, and, and, and go and just sort of... Get paying a mortgage. The, <laughs> get paying a mortgage, because yeah. then you're just paying, you're, you're paying the equity, right? You're, you're building equity and, and sort of saving for your retirement in the future. Um, whether you need extra income and you will refinance, uh, you know, there's all these options that I personally had to... Uh, take on, you know. I've I've refinanced a home before just because you know the I needed the 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 money, uh, but uh, that refinance uh, came at um, a three and a half point uh, savings on interest, and as a result, even though I borrowed more money, my mortgage payment went down. You know, <laughs> it's beautiful. yeah. It, it was it was incredible, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, I, I have all this all this cash, and my, my monthly commitment is lower. But uh, had I been a new home buyer at that point, um, even though my my mortgage payment was lower, would be nice and low, uh, and I had saved some money, I I wouldn't have had any money, uh, so so to speak. So uh, those those five years that I had spent paying the mortgage, uh, it was almost as if I was saving that money. And yet, I had a place to live at the same time. So, it's never a bad thing to get into a home, uh, own property, as long as it's not in the Florida, you know, in the Everglades, or something like that. <laughs> um, and that's my opinion, right? Um, and just to kind of add a little bit about uh, a broker, um, the only time I wouldn't recommend necessarily uh, a broker is if the 
well, I actually I recommend them all the time. Uh, and personally, when I was buying this this home that we're in now, we contacted a broker, but the perks that we got from RBC were just way too good for us. And I mean, it has something to do with the fact that I've been a client for 24 years, and then I've had I have all my business uh, there, um, all my business accounts and all my personal accounts and all the investments and. Um, Basically, I used the broker to shop for a mortgage, and then I brought that information to the bank, and I said, "You got to beat it, or else I'm leaving." And Good for you. So they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, um, I'm I'm the kind of person who is not afraid to ask for a deal, uh, no matter where I am um, or who I'm dealing with, and it, it, it could be embarrassing for my wife. Uh, because she's she just kind of rolls her eyes and says, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're always you're always trying to save money," and I I kind of bring it up. Well, is that a bad thing? And she goes, "No, I I love you for that, but it's it, I don't know how you do it." And really, what it comes down to, and I say this all the time, is I work really hard for my money, and um, I don't work for it because I love the money, and I you know do back backwards dives into a, a pit of gold coins um, or anything, but. Um, I work hard because I want to live a certain lifestyle, and even though um, it might not, it might seem excessive to some. I I like these things, and if I if I don't have to spend my money on you know on, on other things, I, I'm really happy. But at the same time, I'm actually putting a lot of this away for when I'm no longer capable or want to work. Um, because I think I think I didn't really uh, think this all the way through when I started photography, but lately I'm thinking you know in in 15 years I'll be 50 years old, and I don't really know if I want to do photography in my 50s. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very difficult job. I mean, especially you know running around at a wedding or even doing a, a portrait session in the studio. So uh, for me, I I kind of want to either sort of switch gears in the capacity that I'm working in my business or completely change careers perhaps. And so maybe maybe do more of edu education than than actual work. And so you at least want to have the that, options too. That that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think that's what we forget a lot of uh, a lot of the people starting out. So a lot of these questions are, are really good questions, but you kind of have to project where do you want to be at you know, at what point of your age in your career as well, based on how much you want to save and based on how much you want to spend and kind of where you, yeah, but basically where you want to be. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's kind of my little story. I, I, I'm known for hogging the microphone a lot. Yeah. And, I was just going to say, I need to Sophia cut you off to say because <laughs> yeah. Carla has a limited amount of time, which we have yeah. gone over by half an hour already. So um, oh, thanks, Carla. <laughs> I okay. think what, I think what we'll do is we'll hold on to the last question because it's something that Petro and I can go over. Um, and But I do want you to share with everyone how people can get a hold of you because we've said a few times, if you guys have questions, um, you're going to have to ask a professional. So um, yes. Carla would be a good person to ask. <laughs> I sure would. <laughs> yeah. So how can people um, get a hold of you? Yeah. So we have... Um, a website that people can visit. I, I have a personal email address. It's uh, Carla with a C, so C-A-R-L-A dot Black, B-L-A-C-K, at IPCsecuritiescorporation.com. Uh, 
And um, just actually pulling, we just actually revamped our website, um, which you'll be happy about. Um, So, yeah, and we've changed the the actual address. So I'm just pulling it up to be sure that I have it correctly, or else (laughs) that would be really embarrassing if I sent somebody (laughs) to the wrong place. And apparently, I have internet from the 1980s, and it's it's gonna. That makes that makes two of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I will say just to sort of finish off. Um, oh, here it is, right here. Okay, so I did have it right. It's www.corepg.ca. So c o r e p g dot c a. Um, so just getting back to the, the somebody had asked, what's the number one mistake that we see business yeah. owners make? And I think. Petra sort of nailed it on the head at one point while we were talking, and it's it's business owners make um, the biggest mistake when they spend all their time working in the business instead of spending a little bit of time working on it. And it's be, it's for the, all the reasons that we've talked about today. It's uncomfortable. People don't want to talk about it. You don't want to sit down and file those receipts properly. So you just don't, and you don't end up working on the business as much as you should. Um, so like we've said, get somebody that knows what they're doing and outsource it, get somebody else to take care of it for you, which is so, so very important. So you can check out my team on the website there. Send me an email office, (laughs) um, phone number is 519-376-0095. Um, and we're happy to help however we can. All right. So I hope everyone is like officially saving now. Like, have you written down like how much money you're going to save, Petro? Yeah. Well, I kind of started a long time ago. So I'm I'm always adding to tell you the truth. I want to be, well, I want to be clear um, with everyone. Carla did, as you heard, recommend that you you do sort of forced savings um, as a pre-authorized contribution to your account, which is something that she always recommends to me, um, but that I don't necessarily do because I make a different amount of money every month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, um, determine the percentage that I w- have a goal of putting away. And then I do the math every month. And then I put that into my account. So um, there's not one way to save. No, and I do have a forced savings, and mine mine is very little. It's actually a hundred dollars a month. Uh, yeah. Fifty fifty of it goes into an RSP, fifty of it goes into a TFSA. Yeah, and I guess I could do that, but I always just uh, then I feel stupid because like if I put more away than that sometimes, well, most of the time. But that's the beauty so. part is that <laughs> when you manually put more away, um, you're just adding to it. And, yeah, and sure. to tell you the truth. Um, the when I mentioned that there are certain perks uh, with with being with a bank, because I uh, contribute to an RSP, because I contribute to a TFSA, uh, because I have a, a couple of mortgages, a credit card, a line of credit, a savings account, and a checking account, and even a high interest savings account, uh, all my transactions are free uh, with RBC. And in addition, um, I get free e-transfers and free money orders. So yeah, right. Uh, some people are paying, um, you know, anywhere from six to ten dollars or even more per month in bank fees. Well, by me investing a hundred dollars a month, I avoid those bank fees. So in term, I'm actually saving a little bit more money. Um, 
And because I have all these products, I have a very cool uh, Visa low rate card that actually has, believe it or not, a 5.99% interest rate. So if I really didn't want to buy some equipment uh, and I didn't really want to pay it off right away or whatever, I uh, needed to carry a small loan for a period of time, it's not at a ridiculous amount of money. And now this, this credit card actually costs money every month as well, rather an annual fee. But I get this annual fee rebated to me because of all the products. So there are certain perks to this that you could enjoy. And guess what? I found out about them by making um, the time to sit down with my wealth advisor, who happens to work for RBC. But again, um, I, uh, I'm a unique situation where I just started this when I was 12 years old. And uh, I was able to build quite a bit of uh, a loyalty with, with this particular institution. But my advice to anyone out there who's doing business would be to contact Carla um, mm-hmm. or, you know, if, if you're listening to, to us in you in United States, uh, or anywhere for that matter, anywhere in the world, um, then contact somebody in your region, uh, who is yeah. a licensed, uh, wealth management advisor. Yeah. So I will say that Carla herself is based in Owen Sound. So that's where her office is. And she says that she works with a large team. So, um, IPC, they have offices all over Ontario, basically. Exactly. So, um, if you were looking for someone and you liked, you know, how Carla seems to work, um, then she will likely be able to hook you up with someone. Yeah. Um, well, for somebody your- taking the time to join us, um, it, it means that she values what we do. And yeah, she, okay, I'm know- going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, she is <laughs> like outrageously thrilled about her job. And we did talk about this at the beginning of the interview. Like she's oddly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is oddly excited about, <laughs> about which is, what which she is does. incredible. It, it's a really good thing to see. She so. really loves it. It's hilarious. Um, now there was the one last question, which I of course have closed. So let me open it again. Um, and this one's from Kandra. Of course, we're keeping up with <laughs> mentioning Kandra once every episode. Um, yeah, hello, Kandra. And and we um, mentioned this. <laughs> We talked about this a little bit on the Facebook group. So if you guys didn't um, read what we had to say to Kendra, then you can go read it there. But I thought that we better talk about it a little bit on the show as well. Um, and Kendra asked if she should inflate her prices, um, f- like buy a percentage for retirement savings. So should she add a little bit extra onto her invoices, um, which she'll yes. put away for retirement and... Yes yeah. or no? Like. <laughs> well, I want to I want to take a, cute, a a quick stab at this because first of all, it's not inflating your price. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's part of uh, your your fee structure because yeah. you're not inflating your price uh, to compensate yourself for you know expenses. You're not inflating your price. So if you if you take that language away and stop thinking about it as inflation, but rather part of your fee structure then yes, you should definitely, it's, it's an expense, right? Um, it, it should be part of your fee structure. Just, well, if you work in any sort of office that with, with a pension plan, it's the same sort of thing, right? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're essentially what they're doing is they're not paying you, uh, as much per hour because they're contributing a portion and they're also paying you as much as they are paying you because you're contributing part of that too. So, uh, you know, nothing's really inflated or deflated, if you will, 
but it, it, it should be part of your fee structure. Other things um, that should be part of your fee structure are, you know, your overhead, uh, your immediate overhead too. And so I, the way I see it is your your overhead kind of continues on with you into well into your life, well into retirement, uh, because the amount of time you spend working should be the same amount of time you spend not working. And so think of it as think of it as overhead. Right. Yeah. You, you, you have to contribute to your um, well-being, to your future. And um, if you don't count that as an expense, uh, then, you know, then you're literally taking the money you're, you're supposedly making for other things and, you know, just diverting it for later. Yeah. So, so essentially, if you don't do it, you, the, the money that you invest in your retirement from the money you're making today basically means that you're working for nothing now. Just so you could be, just so you could have retirement. Yeah. So what I do for all of that stuff is um, any products that I sell um, and my time, I add ten percent, and that's for you know, mm -hmm. that's as an expense. So before right. um, my markup on any of the products that I sell, for example, um, it's ten percent, and that's right. for expenses. So that includes retirements. Yeah, and that's and that's perfect. Um, I do it slightly different. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Excuse me. I, um, I essentially, it's part of my figure. There's a, there's a percentage that I mark everything up on. Um, mm -hmm. and the base, the base is 30%. And, but that includes, uh, the overhead for rental, incidentals, insurance, retirement, everything. So, uh, when I, when I arrive at a, at a fee structure where I know I'm going to, uh, pay for the product. I'm also going to pay myself for the product or service. Um, I then add another 30% for uh, profit. Um, and then I add 30% for uh, all the all the overhead and everything. So it's, a, it's compounded a little bit. And the beauty part is um, because it is compounded, it actually leaves a little bit higher profit margin for me. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's always loss. Um, uh, even even in my in my printing side of things, um, sometimes you just don't notice a clogged head or something, and then you just go through uh, twenty, thirty, fifty dollars of canvas, and you go, uh, "What do I do?" Right. So those little incidentals they help a lot, right? And yeah. uh, but uh, at the end of the year, I know that I have some money for my uh, RSP, for my CPP, and uh, everything like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think so, that pretty much does it for today. You know what? We, we need to thank a lot of people, but I, I want to thank Ben Birch. You, okay. You start <laughs> with this because I have something to add to this. Ben Birch, by the way, for anyone who is confused, is also known as Benjamin Edward. Benjamin Edward. Let's do yeah. Benjamin Edward. <laughs> <clears throat> so last episode, we thanked him for our aardvark. <laughs> and he realized that we don't actually have an aardvark. So he provided us with an aardvark. Um, so a slip of the tongue where we meant to thank Benjamin Edward for our artwork. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a difficult word to say, artwork. Yeah. Um, turned out to <laughs> Which be Which I did aardvark. say. I did successfully say artwork. You said aardvark. <laughs> You're saying the same thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this microphone is clearly not working. We're going to need to get new ones. <laughs> All right. And so uh, those of you who have joined us on uh, Double Exposure Show group on Facebook um, or even uh, through that page, Double Exposure Show, you would have seen uh, both of us or one of us at least share this beautiful aardvark, this little <laughs> anteater going so up. Cute. 
It's adorable. And I uh, I was going to save this to be a surprise, but I am now the proud owner of the original Aardvark artwork. Yeah, he told me. I know. He told me. <laughs> and, which is really annoying because he actually texted me um, before he put it up, like a few hours before he put it up saying, I have a surprise for you. And I went, oh my God, what is it? <laughs> and he wouldn't tell me. He's like, no, you have to wait. You have to wait. I'm like, oh, not happy. And then of course, after I go to bed, which is obscenely early, I get a text message from you with yeah. a screenshot <laughs> that he posted to Facebook, this picture yeah. of an aardvark. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I had it's to awesome have it. Though. I mean, it's a, it's a nine by 12 <laughs> watercolor painting. And I just, I just reached out to Ben and I said, um, uh, you just tell me how much. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> and well, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he's been he's been a great help, and uh, you know, oh, yeah. I, I felt uh, w felt I want to compensate him for that, and and well, at the same time, I just had to have it. <laughs> I I will be fine with you owning the art artwork. Yes. Artwork artwork. <laughs> <laughs> I do have like a bit of his stuff actually, of and course. I've like gifted his stuff to people, and like the most recent edition, which I hope I've already posted to the Facebook group, is my new phone case. So as you guys know, I got a new phone, and my last phone I had this lemon phone case, <laughs> <laughs> um, which was it was a painting that Ben did. Um, and, and now I needed a new phone case because I have a new phone. So I, or, yeah. I ordered the same phone case. <laughs> Except bigger. To. Come on, let's yeah, face so, it. Uh, so I now have a, another lemon phone case. That's um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, as always, uh, thanks, uh, Benjamin uh, Edward, for the yeah. artwork yeah. and the artwork. Yeah. And, and also, uh, thank you to Ben Sound for our theme music. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have to say? We need um, to do, formally thank Carla Black. Oh, right. Almost so, forgot. <laughs> yes. I know we said thank you a few times, but Carla, again, <laughs> if you're listening to this, uh, a huge thank you to you. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I, I know our listeners are going to be that much smarter after this episode. Yeah, please don't think that it's boring because it's a bunch of numbers talk. Like this is this is serious stuff. You guys we should have said that at the know, beginning so. of the episode. <laughs> yeah, and I I know at the beginning of the interview I said to take some notes, but in case you didn't, you can find the show notes for this episode at doubleexposure.show/episodes/slash sixteen. Um, and I will be including Carla's contact information in that, and I'll also be adding her to the Facebook group, whether she likes it or not. So um, yeah. <sighs> you'll be able to ask her questions there as well. <laughs> Excellent. And this one topic was actually suggested in the um, new topics thread, which is pinned to the top of the Facebook group. So, yeah, so if you have a request, go in there and request it and we will probably record it. Yeah. Thanks for participating to everyone who has. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, we look forward to future episode suggestions. So don't mm -hmm. forget to find us on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And uh, as always, the the notes, uh, the show notes are on doubleexposure.show slash episodes slash 16 for this particular mm -hmm. one. Oh, and if you would like to leave us a review on iTunes saying something super nice about how we really get to the important topics... Um, like this one, for example, <laughs> um, you can leave us a five-star review at doubleexposure.show slash iTunes. Thank you. 
Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess I, I guess it was a blanket. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know what's going to happen next is we're going to get a blanket from Benjamin. Oh, okay. <laughs> of an aardvark. Blanket, thank you. <laughs> Better not be an aardvark blanket. <laughs> oh, an aardvark wrapped in a blanket. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Ben. I know you're at this point like, oh, all the paintings I have to do. <laughs> Sophia, I can't afford all this. <laughs> I know. He'll have to quit his job just so oh, he can paint God. stuff for us. <laughs> so until next week. Bye.